Hello, this is Andy Lucas, pastor of Emmaus Road Church in Fort Collins, Colorado. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. And we hope this message will help you grow in your walk with Christ. And if you'd like to support this ministry, you can do so by visiting theroadfc.org and click on the giving link. On this, on this second day of Christmas, I wanted to explore a passage uh, of Scripture where the Apostle Paul talks about clothes. Uh, and yes, I'm serious, where Paul talks about clothes. Um, now, I won't ask for you to raise your hand, but I, I'd be willing to bet that some of you in this room, including me, I'll raise my hand, got new clothes for Christmas. Uh, okay, yeah, some of you did. Good. Now, uh, I got new t-shirts that was something that I asked for. I had asked for some new t-shirts that I needed. Uh, But there was a time where I got clothes quite unexpectedly for Christmas. And uh, there was, uh, my mother-in-law is really into and very particular about Christmas lists. And you have to get the list in and it has to be churned in by a certain date. Okay, so it's a very serious deal. Now, every year, I always struggle with building a list of the things that I'd like to have for Christmas. It is always impossible for me. And the reason is not because I don't have things that I want. It's usually that the things that I want are outside of mother-in-law Christmas budgets, if you know what I mean. So it's not like in the $20 to $50 range. It's more in the like the $1,000 to $1,500 range is usually the things that I like are on my list, you know? So, uh, so several years ago, I was working through um, a bunch of projects around the house, and out of desperation, I put shop cloths on my Christmas list. Now, to interpret for you, this is, I put rags on my Christmas list. This is like how bad of a struggle it was that year. Uh, and so I put rags or shop cloths on my Christmas list. Uh, the trouble was, I misspelled cloths. So instead of spelling it C-L-O-T-H-S, I spelled it C-L-O-T-H-E-S. So my list said I wanted shop clothes. So Christmas morning, I opened a present and inside was a pair of short-sleeved overalls with my name on a patch. And I was so confused when I opened that present. And my mother-in-law, like sensing my confusion, said, you asked for shop clothes. Right. That was like the moment I realized like just what happened. So actually, I asked for shop clothes and got an upgrade to like shop clothes, which was phenomenal. And uh, I wore them for many years while working on projects around the house. It was a great thing. Anyway, that has very little to do with this morning's sermon other than uh, it's about clothes, which is what the Apostle Paul is going to speak to us this morning about. So I want to read a passage. It's from Colossians chapter 3, beginning with verse 12. It says this. You can follow along on the screens. Uh, It says, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves, not cloth yourself, but clothe yourselves with compassion and kindness, humility, meekness, or many translations uh, include gentleness there, meekness and with patience. Bear with one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. 
Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, uh, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom and with gratitude uh, in your hearts. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God uh, the Father through him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Uh, this, pic- this passage of scripture gives us a, a really clear word picture about putting on or clothing ourselves with qualities that are true to the character of Christ. Now, it's important to know a little bit of context here, which is uh, the Apostle Paul has actually just finished giving a list of a whole bunch of bad things um, that we are meant to avoid or that can sometimes sneak into our lives. And so the Apostle Paul says we should uh, avoid things like impurity, greed, or unwholesome talk. Uh, In other words, Paul is trying to say these are are things that if they sneak into our lives, if they find their way into our hearts and and, uh, kind of the outworkings of our actions, then they're going to do damage to our relationship with others. They're going to do damage to our relationship with God. And and so these are things that are going to not serve us well in life. And so he says we need to take those things off and we need to instead clothe ourselves and put on things like compassion, kindness, humility, and patience. These things, essentially Paul is saying, instead of doing damage to relationships, uh, are actually going to help heal relationships. They're going to help move us into deeper relationships with one another. They're going to help us honor one another. And in fact, they're going to help us to reflect the character and goodness of God to one another. Uh, Isn't it true that sometimes we're like, how do we experience the presence of an invisible God? And one of the outworkings and one of the ways that God has planned for us to actually experience the presence of God is through one another. And so it's like, hey, if we're, if we're practicing greed or impurity or unwholesome talk, we're not mirroring the character of God or the presence of God to one another. Instead, we're doing damage to our relationships. But if we'll take those things off and we'll instead clothe ourselves with compassion and kindness and gentleness and humility, that puts us in a position of being able to mirror the character of God and reflect the character of God back to one another. Amen. Right? This is good, and this is what we need. And so, in fact, Paul uh, always does practical theology. In other words, the Apostle Paul is never giving us theology for the sake of theology. He's not even really giving us theology for the sake of correct or right belief. Paul is always setting a theological foundation so that it will impact the way in which we live. It's a practical theology. He's always trying to seek to connect it with real life. So here in Colossians, his encouragement to us is very practical. It's very tangible. As best as you can, he says, with the help of the Spirit of God, take off old, the old clothing that belongs to old creation and put on a new clothing that belongs to new creation. As I was thinking about this, I was thinking about uh, the cultural expectations related to dress, right? Uh, isn't it true that uh, there are sort of unspoken expectations of how you're supposed to dress in certain settings based on where you go? Uh, in other words, uh, it's assumed that if you go to a wedding, uh, you should look nice. 
Um, in fact, there's a certain dress code to weddings unless it's declared otherwise up front. Like if it's a theme wedding, then you dress according to the theme, right? But if it's not, you shouldn't show up to a wedding in, say, yoga pants and a hoodie, right? In the same way, people might look at you odd if you showed up to a Rockies game in a suit and tie. Uh, of course, now it used to be that, but culturally, kind of things have changed. Baseball games, we go and we wear our fan gear and all of that. If someone was dressed uh, like for a wedding at a Rockies game, people might go, what is that guy doing? If somebody wore a Beatles Christmas sweater in the pulpit, somebody might look and be like, what is that guy doing, right? So if that ever happened, which it probably wouldn't. So uh, I, I, what, the point is, like, there's certain expectations of what we wear based on where we're going. I think this is essentially the message that Paul wants to share with us. Um, this is the kind of metaphor that he's using. He's like, um, think of it this way. Uh, those old clothes of impurity, greed, and foul speech, they belong to the old creation. But having placed your faith in Christ, you, know, you no longer belong to the old creation. You've been made new. You've been placed in a new creation. You have been made into a new creation, and so you need to dress appropriately. Uh, and so he says, essentially, uh, we need to adopt a new set of priorities, new commitments, new ways of being. We need to dress appropriately, which means we need to put on the things that are consistent with the character of Christ. Dress appropriately for where you are headed. And isn't it true that as the people of God, holy and dearly beloved, we are leaning into, we are anticipating, we are imagining, we are envisioning a new kind of world, a different kind of world, a changed world, according to the principles of the kingdom of God. And so Paul is essentially is saying to us, put on clothes that are appropriate for new creation. Amen? The clothes of compassion kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Last week, um, if you'll remember, all the way back to seven days ago, <laughs> right? You remember that? The last week of Advent, which seems like a hundred years ago? Uh, but last week, seven days ago, the last week of Advent, um, we talked about how when we place our faith in Jesus, we become a kind of Bethlehem uh, because Jesus is born in us, that the Spirit of Christ is born in us, um, that we become this kind of, kind of Bethlehem. And this passage this morning out of Colossians is not something that I just kind of made up for the first uh, Sunday in Christmas or the second day of Christmas. Uh, it's actually the lectionary passage for this Sunday. Uh, and it's listed as a Christmas passage, because, I think, because this, in part, shows us and gives us some tangible things that we can hold on to of what it means for Christ to be born in us. This is at least some of what it means for Christ to be born in us. That, that if, if we are going to embody the Spirit of Christ, if the Spirit of Christ is to be freely at work in us, it will work itself out in things like Compassion, kindness, gentleness, humility. Paul, in the letter to the Galatians, will actually just call them, this is the fruit of the Spirit. That as the Spirit of God is at work in us, then these kinds of things will be made true in our lives. 
I wanted to take uh, just a few moments to kind of walk through each of these, and, and I do mean a few moments. The sermon this morning is short. Um, but, but compassion, if we think about what is compassion, compassion is a deep sensitivity to the needs and the sorrows of others. Compassion is a deep sensitivity to the needs and the sorrows of others. But we're not just called to compassion, right? I mean, I mean that's, that's one thing, and, and that's a step in the right direction, to be sensitive and have a deep kind of sensitivity to those needs, to those sorrows of others, but, but we're actually called to more than just compassion. We're called to kindness. Kindness is a Christ-like attitude toward others. So I want you to see how these kind of build on each other. Um, Compassion is a deep sensitivity to the needs of others. Kindness is a Christ-like attitude toward others where we see the value and worth of others. Um, in a world that's really divided among all kinds of lines that we might be able to name, kindness matters. Kindness matters because what often happens is if we see someone who maybe is on the different side of the political spectrum, we tend to dehumanize them, right? This is like kind of what the culture is seeking and trying to do. If you just kind of get in the flow of culture right now, it is dehumanizing anyone who sees the world differently than you. And what the people of God are called to is compassion. First of all, seeing the, the needs, the sensitivity of others, right? But then it's also kindness, seeing the worth and the value of others, period, right? That's the end of the sentence. That's the end of the statement. Not when they agree with you, not when this or when that. There's no conditions. Just seeing that each person has incredible value. That's kindness. And then there's humility. And I want to frame humility like this. Humility is a Christ-like attitude towards self. In other words, Christ-like Christ -like attitude towards self is recognizing, accepting, believing, and knowing the incredible worth and value that you have in God's eyes. Amen. Right? Humility is a Christ-like attitude towards self. So it's seeing my own value, recognizing the great love that God has for me, and yet sometimes willing to forego privilege in order to serve or listen to others. That's humility. I'm recognizing and seeing my own value in God's eyes and yet willing to forgo any position of privilege I may have in order to serve and or listen to others. That's humility. Um, let me kind of stay with humility just a little bit. Humility is the ability to see yourself. Humility is the ability to not see, not see yourself or your tribe as superior or better than, or more valuable than, but willing to kind of humbly submit and seek to understand. That's humility. And I think what our culture needs a real heavy dose of right now is humility. What we need are people in positions of leadership and influence and who have an audience. What we need, can I say it this way? We need humble influencers, right? We need people who have platforms to actually demonstrate and show what humility looks like. 
This, this ability to say, my tribe is not better than or superior than others, but I'm going to place myself in a position of trying to learn or see, at least seek to understand. But somehow we've gotten into a position where if we try to seek to understand, it, we think it's the same as I agree with, right? And so any position of like seeking to understand, it's as though you agree with them. This isn't new, by the way. Uh, Jesus was compassionate to the needs of others, showed kindness to others, right? His attitude, he saw the value of people on the margins of society and then humbled himself to actually spend time and listen to their needs. And what did the people do? <laughs> the religious elite were like, you hang out with sinners, you must be one of them, right? And so it was the same thing. Jesus is actually demonstrating all of these things and, and the, the religious elite are just kind of begin to throw Jesus under, like, like lab, let's label him, let's put him in a group, let's do all these kinds of things. So the, the problems we face maybe feel new, but they're not new in many ways. Um, and they may, they may feel sort of exaggerated in our day, which I think they are. There, I do think there's something unique about the time in which we're, we're in, and yet there's nothing new under the sun, right? That these aren't new problems that we're facing. So that's humility. Uh, and then meekness, again, many translations use the word gentleness here. I think gentleness speaks to our approach toward others. Compassion is being sensitive to the needs of others. Kindness is a Christ-like attitude toward others, seeing their value. Humility is Christ-like attitude toward self, but willing to forgo privilege in order to listen and learn from others. Gentleness is our approach to others. And then patience. Patience, while meekness or gentleness talks about my approach to others, patience, and I want you to hear this, patience speaks to my reaction toward others. Patience is my reaction toward others. So meekness or gentleness, my approach. Patience, my reaction. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. With God's help, we can put these things on like layers of clothing. Uh, you can't live in Colorado very long without learning to dress in layers. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> right? I mean, it's not at all unusual or uncommon for it to be 20-something in the morning and then 60-something by the afternoon. Those are different sets of clothing. So you've got to learn to layer. On the, the same way, it's not uncommon for it to be 80-something during the day and then 40-something when the sun goes down. You have to learn to layer your clothing if you're going to make it and be comfortable in Colorado. And I want us to think about these virtues as putting, putting them on as layers. Compassion as a sensitivity to the needs of others. Having kindness in my heart, seeing the value and worth of the person in need. They deserve my kindness and respect. Humility allows me to see myself in them. Humility allows me to see myself in them, for I too am a person of worth and value, but also am a person in need. And then having recognized their need and value, I approach them with gentleness, and when things become frustrating, I respond with patience. And then though, before putting it all together, Paul pauses to give a very real but 
sort of generic um, application of these layers of clothing. This layers that we'll, that we'll put on, that will prepare us uh, for new creation. Uh, but he says, he gives this kind of very tangible, it's a little bit broad, a little bit generic, but very real world application where he says this. He says, bear with one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other. Um, there's nothing in life that requires all the right technical clothing. Do you, I'm maybe overextending the metaphor here, but the right technical clothing than forgiveness. If you were going to climb a mountain, you probably wouldn't put on uh, denim jeans and a cotton sweatshirt. You would need the right kind of technical clothing that was going to protect you or insulate you a little bit from the elements, right? And, and so the, the, that metaphor breaks down a little bit. I'm making it up on the spot. But the point is, the point is, is that there is a technical clothing, right? There's kind of these layers that Paul wants us to put on that is going to enable us to do the very difficult thing of forgiving when necessary. If you have all the right gear, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, you may just be able to pull it off and forgive those who have harmed you. Well, he concludes by saying this, uh, that the piece of clothing that you can't live without, right? There's one piece of clothing Paul wants to say that you absolutely can't live without. It's the, it's the outer shell that allows all the other layers to function as they should. It's the very thing that you put on top that binds them all together. And true to Pauline theology, of course, and all of you know the answer, it is love. Above all else, put on love. And... You know, we might say, well, that's real nice and that, you know, we might, might have uh, a tendency to kind of respond to that with sentimentality. But if we're reading Paul, Paul is very consistent in his messaging that the very point of faith is to lead us into radical love. And here it is again, above all these other things, put on love. For love is the very thing that binds all these things together. It's the thing that allows all these other things to function the best. He'll say it this way in another letter. If you don't have love, you have nothing, right? Um, and so I think that's an important message for us in these days. Well, the passage ends with a gigantic statement. <laughs> this is where Paul is just kind of laying it all out, right? And he's kind of throwing out these huge statements, and he ends with an absolutely gigantic statement. He says, and whatever you do, whatever you do, everything you do, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. That's a huge statement. And it's something that, that I um, will often pray is, Lord, help us to all that we do. May it be to your good, to your glory. May it be honoring to you. May all that we do bring honor to your name. All that we do, the way that we 
interact with our kids, the way that we speak uh, with our spouse, the way that we talk about our family members, the way that we, uh, the things that we post on social media, the things that we choose to consume on social media, like everything that we do, the way that you treat your coworkers, everything that we do, may we do it to the glory of God. Um, what's curious though is we might be left saying, well, what, what does that actually mean? What is, that, that statement is so big, how can we get any tangible handles on it? But the, the reality is, is that what Paul is doing with that giant statement is just pointing us back to what he has just said. How do you give glory to God? Well, you put on compassion. You put on humility. You put on kindness. You put on gentleness. You put on patience. And above all, put on love. And if you're acting and, and moving around and about in the world in these ways, then you will give glory to God. For to give glory to God is to be forgiving, is to be gentle, is to be compassionate. And so I think that's, um, as we think about Christ being born in us during Christmastide, I, I, for me, it's a great challenge. It's a great encouragement. Uh, it's one of those things where there's a kind of a, there's a tension here, right? Like it would be very easy to leave the service this morning and say, I just feel guilty. Like, oh, I don't feel like I do that stuff very well, right? And so this, there's a tension here between Paul saying, like, through your own effort, put these things on. And yet, with the enablement of the Holy Spirit, it's Christ in you that kind of births, births these things in your life. Right? And so it's, it's kind of like, it's a both and. It's a working out of our salvation. We can't save ourselves. We're saved by faith. Right? Through grace. And by grace, through faith. <laughs> I'll get it right. And then, like, this is how salvation is brought about in our lives. But then we work that out. That we are participants with God in our own formation. Amen. And so I think this is part of what God is calling us into today. It's just an invitation to put on clothes appropriate for new creation. And uh, through some effort of our own and by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit so that Christ may be born in us. Amen? Amen. May it be true of our lives. Let's pray. Gracious God, today we ask that you would um, empower us through your spirit, to put on the clothes of new creation. Uh, God, we pray that you would so fill our hearts that the ways in which we um, find our way in the world, that we would embody these things, that we would mirror the goodness of God, the character of God to one another through these uh, character traits and certainly others. <clears throat> but this morning as we think about these, this list of layers that we are to put on. Um, God, I pray that you would just encourage us, that you would, in fact, challenge us, and that we would leave here uh, not with a burden of guilt, but that we would leave here with um, the encouragement of the Spirit of God uh, to live in these ways in the world. So God, lift us up and encourage us today, and uh, may these things be true of us, and may the Spirit of Christ be born in us uh, this Christmas and moving forward. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.